Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you live from EmoSocialClub.tv. I, live and in command, am Brian. And I, live and also in some type of command, am Lizzie. We share, we share command responsibilities. We are the We're Emo Social... We're co-commanders. <laughs> co-commanders. You know, ships run better when there's two captains, actually, as it turns out. We are the Ema Social Club podcast. We are the podcast about music, culture, emo nonsense. Today in the pod, we are speaking with our friend Dom from the Ghost Club. Uh, we have listened to his song that he just put out called Same Graves, and we are fans. Right, Lizzie? Yes, big fans. It's uh, a very cool, spooky aesthetic, and if you like skeletons... <laughs> or the video that spooky, scary skeletons is derived from. Do you like uh, skeletons? <laughs> we have a band for you. <laughs> Listen, if if you like, if you're for fans of skeletons. those who like early Panic at the Disco, skeletons. <laughs> um, if you like Twenty One Pilots style stuff and electronic hype, yeah, with you know heavy. Sad lyrics. You'll like it. <laughs> uh, the Ghost Club is an independent artist. Uh, it's one guy, just Dom, writing most of it uh, in his bedroom. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's a nice guy. Excited to talk to him. Excited to have a conversation with him on the pod. So uh, let's get into it. But first, before we do that, we have to tell you about us, me and Lizzie, co-captains, co-conspirators, uh, Lizzie, what have you got going on this week? Well, I put out a, another newsletter, which I kind of forced myself to write because as I said uh, a few weeks ago on the pod, that it's a good way to give yourself a creative, a creative exercise. And I didn't want to do it this week because everything I had wanted to do, I would need way more time and like other people to talk to and interview. But I forced myself to put it out. So that's out on uh, burntcds.substacks.com. And I tweeted out literally earlier uh, this evening before we started recording as a joke that I should just start to interview people, you know, either for the podcast or for my newsletter about, you know, people explaining bands or albums to me that I have no idea who or what the fuck they are. And then we see how it happens with it. And somebody <laughs> said it would be a good idea. So that's going to come eventually. And <laughs> if you want to explain transit to me and or Brian or both of us, I don't um, learn. you don't want to learn about transit. If I you want to no explain transit learning. to me, I would be very happy about it. <laughs> and you can uh, hit us up on Twitter or Instagram or shoot us an email and say, you will talk to me about transit and explain it. Cause I still don't get it, but that's otherwise all that I'm doing. So what are you doing, Brian? Man, just uh, crushing the game, I guess, yeah. is what you would say I'm doing. Um, we had a really fun Friday DJ stream last week. 
but you're hearing this on Monday. So this is actually the week before, uh, we have finally started to upgrade the stream quality. And by that, I mean, I got a green screen and I started doing a bunch of nonsense, big uh, proud of him, big, big time. So, uh, we are going to try again tomorrow. You're listening to this on Monday. So hopefully we did it already on Friday, uh, to get, the green screen setup so that Lizzie can also join video live on the stream, uh, which we'll have to run some tests on that and we'll figure that out. So hopefully that went well and great and you loved it. Uh, every week, Friday, we are, I think, going to land at 6 p.m. now. We're moving it back a little bit so some people who are uh, joining us later can join. Uh, but we also get some of our UK fans that are coming through. <laughs> so I just want to be sure that we're meeting in the middle there for all the people. Uh, beyond that, I've been playing video games on Twitch during the day. Uh, I'm like a little nervous that I'm like going to have to find a job and stop doing that. And I'm really enjoying it because people are digging the gameplay and hanging out and, uh, having a good time. But, uh, yeah, if you want to know when I go live with those, make sure you are following emo social club on Twitch, turn on the notification bell so that you get notified that we are live. Uh, you can also get notified within our emo social dot club slash discord uh, where we're chatting and getting some stuff. Uh, Lizzie, do you want to tell them one of the things that we're making? Oh, so one fun thing um, we have emotes or emojis. So that's some fun stuff. If you've mm -hmm. been coming to the DJ stream specifically, there are a lot of chaotic inside jokes there. So you we should get memes, in on dude. that. We have memes. We, we have, have fucking memes. memes. We have memes of ourselves and we of just in general. This podcast has existed for two years. We did, or three years. How long are we? What are two. we? Two years. Two. Yeah. Time is a flat terrible circle. Terrible twos. Time is a flat circle. We're getting, we're great twos. We're not terrible. <laughs> um, we finally are getting memes and it's the greatest day of my life. <laughs> Making, when he sends me the prompts, like the rough designs of it. I just go, what is this? Oh my God, excuse me, <laughs> what is going on? And that's pretty much the feedback that he needs to know that it's a good uh, emoji yeah. emote. She'll the say, other thing that sir, and I'll know I did good. I did real good. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, because we have these new it crazy inside jokes, what we're doing is we're going to make DIY patches and I have all this stuff Lizzie's to make DIY. it. DIY. DIY or die. So there'll be a limited amount of certain patches with um, one of the the most popular ones is Disrespect Craig's house. <laughs> Disrespect Craig's Craig apartment. Craig's apartment. Boom. Sorry. Dis yeah. So <laughs> if you've come to the DJ streams, you know who Craig is um, or you know that he um, doesn't show up to the stream sometimes. <laughs> So he missed <laughs> jokes and the fun times. Um, and that shouldn't be you because we'll make you into a meme. And I don't know how you'll yeah, feel dude. about that. But now it's going to yeah. be on a patch. Yeah. So if you want to get that patch, um, I'm actually going to do a video. Don't know if I'm going to live stream it or not. Because I might need uh, my brother to help me cut out the stencils. Because I'm not supposed to use sharp objects. Because I've accidentally hurt myself with them a lot of times while cutting bread. So This is not being recorded. So... <laughs> <laughs> If you want to um, know how to get them, I think join us yeah. in the Discord and because we're still figuring that part out. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's early days, but we're excited. We're finally going to have some things. This is kind of exclusive for people who are fans of the pod, fans of us, fans of the Emo Social Club. So if you want to be in on the ground floor of some really cool DIY patches, make sure to join us in our Discord channel. 
uh, and join us on the stream so that you can be first to see some new memes, new random jokes that are coming out. <laughs> Hopefully we'll have some t-shirts and stuff soon too. Cause we're making, I don't know. We got time and I've finally learned kind of how to do Photoshop. So it's been yeah, a cool Brian week. has created all the, um, emojis and emotes so if you see them and you're like wow these look halfway decent it's because he <laughs> learned how to do graphics because yeah. that's his new passion no it's really not <laughs> video is still my passion but i also know that like we can do some some easy design shit and get it out there so yeah we'll see you there email socialclub.tv hit the bell to follow us uh follow us on youtube too because we're still very close to getting 100 subscribers and that would be a really nice thing to have just a little bit uh, a tiny bit. As a note, before we start this episode, there is no video of this on the YouTube because uh, Dominic was not set up for video. Uh, so you can check out the stream if you want to watch us live. But it's just me and Lizzie talking to each other. And I didn't think that'd be interesting for a YouTube video. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, and now here is our conversation with Dom of The Ghost Club. Done again. Done again. Oh, wow, done again, asked. but done again. See? Yeah. Of Ghost Club. So, what's up, Dom? We're super happy that you were able to join us tonight. Uh, not much. Glad to be here. Uh, living day like 183 of this <laughs> hell that's going on. You're Grand old time. <laughs> I don't know. I lost track, but I've been doing the same thing day in, day out, wearing the same like three outfits, <laughs> eating the same thing and just, oh boy. Grand yeah. old time. Oh yeah. Grand old time. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about your band, about your musical style? Uh, I should mention for the video and for the Twitch stream, we don't have video for you, but that's okay. So if you're listening to this as the podcast, you're doing it exactly as intended. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah, tell us a little bit about you and about uh, about Ghost Club. All right. Well, um, let's see. Um one moment just to clear my mind yeah uh with me and music um it it's kind of weird because i see a lot of people that have been like grinding away trying to uh make music for years and years but um in 2018 i just decided you know what i want to do music because i went and saw a concert uh and i really enjoyed that and i thought to myself that felt really cool and it'd be cool to do that to other people even if it's like on a millionth of a scale as that 
and I didn't know anything about anything. I still don't know much, and I have a lot to catch up on. <laughs> but I decided, all right, you know what? Let's see if I can make some songs. Uh, I tried writing a couple, and I sent them to some producers all over the place, and they're like, "Yo, dude, this 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 ain't it. You gotta like go do something better." <laughs> And that, that kind of hurt my feelings a bit. So I took a little more time, did that whole thing until I finally had some stuff that I could make. And then I took it to a guy named Matt Squire who produces a lot of uh, pop punk bands and a lot of classic ones. I did like Panic! at the Disco, their first album. And uh, we made some songs. Um, and I showed them to some friends and they're like, oh, yeah, this kind of sounds like Panic. And they were saying it jokingly. And I hadn't done anything before that at all. So I thought to myself, OK, I'll just like kind of pander a bit and make like a joke music video. And that video kind of gained a little attention for like being almost a farce of itself. And <laughs> uh, I've just been kind of stepping stone from there, just like kind of learning things day by day and i'm still trying to cover a really huge weight uh no i almost said wage gap what i skill gap <laughs> sorry sorry that that it, I, I i'm fumbling my words right now but i had a huge skill gap i had to like catch up on and i'm still like not even close to being to where i want to be in terms of that gap uh mm -hmm. but that's kind of what brought me to here. I don't know what I'm doing and I'm just kind of tripping over myself everywhere I go. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's the entirety of this. That's how you learn though. <laughs> yeah. That's the best way to just kind of fling yourself in and be like, Hey, what's up? I'm here. Somebody show me what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it was cool that people did that though. Like there, there, there were a good bit of negative comments which were also cool because i don't know i don't know why negative like usually people would kind of be upset seeing like hateful comments about stuff or like someone saying this sucks but it, i don't know that feel, that felt that felt weirdly good but it's <laughs> it's cool getting feedback from people and seeing okay people thought this was cool so let me try this. And people thought this wasn't cool. So maybe let's try changing this and seeing if it'll be something they'd be into. Um, I don't know how much you follow what's going on, but like I, I just put a video and song out last Friday and it hit the front page of Reddit somehow, which was very strange because I've <laughs> posted on Reddit a bunch of times and like maybe gotten a single upvote ever. <laughs> yeah i was when i was doing research like the first thing that popped up was reddit and i was like oh okay so i went in and i was looking through it and then there was a bunch of people in there just like kind of trashing it and i was like i don't know i like this song we played this song during our um we do a friday night dj emo set and we played it during then and a lot of people seemed to yeah. like it too we so like, i don't really know it. <laughs> yeah so i don't know what people were like drinking obviously like the haterade <laughs> i guess to bring back that old terminology well it was weird because I, I watched it as it happened um and like a weird conspiracy grew in the comp because there were a lot of comments on that for some reason hmm. and what happened was people thought that i was lying about it that i got that i was lying that i got denied by electoral records which i'm going to stop saying their name because I, I don't know the legality of that but i did <laughs> i did get I 100% did um, by them and another <laughs> label that is a subsidiary of theirs. 
Um, they thought I was lying about that. And there was like some dude in the comments who was like, yeah, my buddy works in a business. And he said that when they sign people, they don't turn you down. <laughs> and he was talking about like skateboarders being signed to like a oh management roster or what? something like not even music. <laughs> what? So and then as, different. as soon as he posted that, like people started like actually investigating me. They found like my Twitch stream that I'd never talked about. They found where I lived. Jeez. Oh my God. Um, and they saw like on YouTube, all my videos say licensed by AWOL and AWOL is a distribution service for independent artists. And they thought that because it said that and because it said uh, licensed by Cobalt that I was actually signed and I tried explaining. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what it is. Um, that's just distribution service. Like that's how every song is put out, like yeah. through CD Baby, DistroKid. You can't just straight up upload. It. And then me saying that made that much worse because they're like, see, he is lying. He just admitted to it. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> all the all the happy go lucky, like, hey, I showed this to some people and they really liked it. Turned into like me really not having a good time on the internet. <laughs> Oh no! Like I, I like I like reading hate comments, but like for once, I was like, "Mom, these people are mean." <laughs> That's it like was... kind of. I mean, we we talk a lot about like I talk a lot about how I hate the idea of signing to labels, and so like I just don't think you need it if you can get the distribution. But I guess I didn't realize that a lot of people don't know that distribution and a label are two different things. Like you yeah. can get distribution as an independent artist. So you don't need to have a label doing that for you. And that's kind of like what everybody should be looking at. So I'm glad that you did the, the thing. Uh, yeah. They're completely <laughs> different things. And yeah. some people just don't seem to understand that. Cause like when I look back at what I said, it, um, I looked at my comment and it had like a couple hundred down votes and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm screwed at this point, <laughs> even though I didn't do anything wrong. Um, I also don't know who would believe that, uh, record labels don't turn people down cause they 110% do, but yeah, yeah. I was oh, about yeah. to say if, if they, if they didn't turn down everybody, then like fearless and hopeless records would have like millions of people. <laughs> everybody would them, be on a label. More than half of them probably suck. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone yeah. would have a label. <laughs> it would, you wouldn't need it cause there'd be no money for people cause labels just sign everybody. <laughs> Yeah, Reddit's an awesome place and a really strange place. And it's funny too. I could I could see all the demographics on my YouTube account of who watched the video and who like liked and disliked. And the main demographic was like ninety five percent male from the ages of thirty five to forty five. And I'm of like, of course. I'm <laughs> like, well, that's that kind of puts a little insight in. I guess I guess those are just some really bitter dudes. Yeah, yeah that, I mean, like during that age range, they're probably like, "Hey, hey, why don't we have real rock music?" Careful, back? Lizzie. Careful, Lizzie. <laughs> they're gonna come for you. They're going to find us. All they're gonna ask you. me if I actually know who the Distillers are, and I'm gonna be like, "Yes, I have seen them live." <laughs> By the way, I am 33 years old, so I'm approaching that really <laughs> bitter age where I'm gonna be on Reddit all the time, which would be a new thing for me because I'm really not on Reddit ever. Yeah. But. Hey, but here's the thing, though. You're not going to be like, this isn't real rock because you love the 1975. Yeah, and I'm also going to be like, no, dude, this hits. Dude, 1975 is so fucking good. 
the person that drummed on uh, all these songs that you heard, uh, I met him at a 1975 concert, and Mm. man, they're so good live. Yeah, I was not, I wasn't a huge fan of them because I was uh, arrogant. I was an arrogant fool, and I thought (laughs) I didn't need it. And then uh, a band I really like, Pale Waves, was opening for the 1975. And so we went to see them and I was like, yeah, I guess we should just like stay, like to see the 1975 play. Like, let's just, you know, stay for a couple songs, whatever. And then we stayed for the entire thing and I haven't stopped listening to them since. Like literally every single day I listen to a 1975 song and I'm like, what happened to me, man? You changed. You got old. You You're a different person now. Can't believe you. Uh, but yeah, obsessed with them now. Uh, so I was glad to literally Lizzie wrote it in our notes here. <laughs> he likes the <laughs> 1975 comma, Brian. Like, yeah. I, okay. First of yeah. all, everyone likes them now. It's cool to like them. Yeah. Cause I, I remember there were, well, actually no, they were actually, it was very weird. I was turned away from them. Like I, I got turned off by them in high school because all the cool, like popular kids were listening to them. And I'm like, I don't want to be around these people. They don't like me. So the 1975 is popular kid music. Oh but uh, That's fair. That's fair. I was turned off by them. And then I went to go. Our, one of the radio stations around here had like a free show for them up at Dirty Nelly's, which mm-hmm. is like maybe what, like a thousand capacity? Maybe yeah. less. Yeah. Venue and it was free. I waited outside for two hours. So I'm like, all right, I'll give it a chance. Maybe, maybe I'm missing something. Then Maddie Healy was on stage, completely drunk, lip singing half the lyrics. I'm like, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> it got better. <laughs> it got better. I agree. I was just very like, Turn. is this this is what people spend all this money on? <laughs> yeah, and those concerts, I mean, the one I went to was pretty pretty amazing and those fans are some pretty avid fans like it's it, the concert didn't even start and it was all outside standing room and the second that like the pa system played the slightest bit the entire crowd just moved like forward 30 <laughs> feet that initial rush to the barrier mm-hmm. even though everyone's already been standing there and yeah, those concerts are amazing and i was so upset yes. that their tour got canceled along with literally everyone else besides oh, yeah. Smash Mouth, apparently. Yeah. I Smash mean, they Mouth have over a hundred yeah. uh, plus COVID cases linked to them. So <laughs> I hope, I hope do. it was worth it. Everyone who had to see Smash Mouth for some Imagine reason. They risked humanity for Smash Mouth. My God, man. <laughs> I've seen them live and it's, I, that's not a show I would it's, do that for. Risk your life for. It's they fully actually, fine. They, they performed out here in like a far west suburb of Chicago called Prairie Fest, and they started swearing. And it was supposed to be a family friendly event, so they had to make a public apology to the town that it was in, and then they were like banned from playing there ever again. The Shrek That's band great. was dropping f bombs. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I think the dude was like super drunk. Was like but- the theory. <laughs> But that's great. Yeah, they there's a festival. There's like a boat racing festival in Pittsburgh called the Regatta. And it's like no one cares about the boats. They just go down there to hang out. And um, a bunch of idiots on the Internet like broke the polling system because they put a poll up. They're like, okay, who who do you want to see perform at the Regatta? And it was at the height of like the Shrek memes. So like 
they were like, oh, yeah, Smash Mouth. And they got enough for Smash Mouth to come there. And to make it even better, a Facebook event that had like 50,000 people, not 50,000 people showed up, but like it, it became a meme of it itself, was to go see Smash Mouth dressed as Shrek. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I saw them. And I was surrounded by Shrek cosplay. I don't think I like that at all. That sounds and like a danger was, territory. It yeah. was hilarious because they didn't they didn't break professionalism in their set. They performed as you would expect a band to perform, <laughs> even though it's just a sea of Shrek costumes in front of them. Because they, they obviously don't like the memes. They don't like they being the Shrek band. Yeah. <laughs> and they were just keeping their cool and wearing a smile while everyone's just making a complete farce of their work. Oh my God. There's actually a Shrek fest up in Wisconsin that is apparently supposed to still happen too. Of course it is. So I want to see if Smash Mouth rolls through for that. And I, I, they, they, I know up there cause my friends and I were going to go as a joke during the, the same like Shrek meme hype <laughs> And they're like, you have a raw onion eating contest where you just eat a whole ass onion raw. What the fuck? And I was like, what the fuck are people doing here? Ogres are like onions. <laughs> End of story. Take my dog. That my dog eats raw onions because he's weird. <laughs> he'll, he'll run. The, he'll run into the pantry and run out with a bag of onions. Oh my god! And I'm like, you're gross, dude. But I mean, he'd do well at Shrek Fest. He would do great at Shrek Fest. It was really surprising um, when I went there because, like, I went there obviously as a joke, like, ah, Smash Mouth. And it was honestly surprising to say that it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Like, obviously, <laughs> I haven't listened to them since or, like, put on Smash Mouth or I probably <laughs> wouldn't go again. But it was kind of chill. It was kind of chill. And, they, of course, they waited till the end to play. Oh, yeah. yeah. The song, <laughs> Stairway to Heaven, you know? Yeah, you know. <laughs> You say you haven't listened to Smash Mouth lately, but I'm gonna need to see you to I'm gonna I'm gonna need to see your Spotify recently playlist to be 100 percent sure your of that. Private Spotify <laughs> yeah. recently playlist. Yeah, listen, man, we're all listening to All Star every single day. <laughs> Quarantine's oh, getting man. rough. <laughs> there was there was a lo there's a local journalist here who last year his New Year's resolution was to listen to All Star once every single day, and he tweeted it every oh single God. day that he listened to All Star. Oh my God. Yeah, I remember like Netflix or someone uh, leaked uh, someone's viewing history and they watched Shrek every single day for a year straight. That's terrifying. And they're like, I don't know what to do with this info. <laughs> oh, man, I'm, I'm getting like flashbacks now to elementary school because I, I was like in third grade when that song was like blowing up. And I remember there was a kid that broke dance, like literally did a break dance routine to that song in an elementary school. And it's just imagining that now makes my brain hurt and it's burned. It's burned <laughs> into my brain and I can't get it out now. And that's just that oh that's what God. happens in quarantine. You just start to look back on everything in your life and you're like, I guess I'm stuck with this now. <laughs> This is life. <laughs> also, this why did is life here? Why did Shrek come out when I was in high school? <laughs> That's a terrible oh. fact of my life. Mm. Oh Yikes. God, I'm a hundred. So <laughs> anyway, let's talk about your band and not Shrek band. <laughs> uh, so what? You you. I, I don't even know because like Lizzie wrote down that you worked with Matt <laughs> Squire. Yes, I'm fine. Sometimes I'm like, 
I'm like amazed by like information that I'm receiving. And so like when you put Matt Squire in here and you mentioned that you worked with Matt Squire, I'm like, how, and how do I get to do that? <laughs> because he produced like big records. Uh, you mentioned panic at the disco, uh, all time low. Like how did you get set up to work with him? <laughs> Um, I'm pretty sure, like I, I found his email online at the time and he's just like, I emailed him. I told him my story. He's like, just add me on Facebook, dude. And I added him on Facebook <laughs> and I, I just went from there. I just, it, it, it was just kind of weird how casual it was. It's just, I mean, I don't know, like, I don't know if he added me or what, but we just kind of talked through Facebook after that point. But you can find a lot of people's information, like, out in the open if you just kind of actively look for it. Mm. Um, but, yeah, no, he he works with a lot of, even current, like, he did Neck Deep recently and their album, oh, wow. Kicks Ass. I'm trying to think who, he's, he works with a good bit of people. I know he worked with Lights. Yeah, who's in fueled by ramen now? I, mm. I remember he was telling me about her like right when we were finishing up. He's like, "Yeah, next artist I'm bringing in is called Lights, and they're doing tremendous too." But yeah, he's he's a he's such a cool dude. He's so he's very very helpful with like advice for newer artists because he kind of for the couple weeks we worked with him just kind of kept progressively just giving tips. Mm. And like what to strive for, but no, I mean the the best thing you can do with anybody is just ask even like if you're you think they'll never want to work with you because like obviously like you'll send out 10 things and you'll get nine of them that don't respond but i mean just to add you just got to ask people and what is louis getting into now <laughs> no he's fine <laughs> you know that's uh that's honestly like the way you'd expect it to go is just like, Hey, I'm reaching out to, to work with you. But obviously when you're working with a bigger name or, um, I think a lot of people, uh, I, I talk a lot of shit about John Feldman, which <laughs> if you're a fan of John Feldman, I'm sorry, I'm going to talk shit about John Feldman. Oh my uh, God, it never ends. I never will. And he's worked with panic at the disco too. So, you know, I have to give him some credit where credit's due. Uh, panics being one of my favorite bands, but I'm, I'm, I'm always thinking that like there are producers who are in it for themselves. Like obviously people who have been in bands, people who have worked as a band and then go on to then produce other bands. So their thought process is like, well, I'll work with these bands and I'll be like a celebrity producer. I'll make music, but really my money, my, my bread and butter is coming from the production of other bands and making these other bands famous. And I always think like, well, if you're working with a big producer like that and you're taking the name from what they worked with other people, it's like, is that person benefiting you as like a newer artist or is that person benefiting themselves as the producer? Uh, so I'm glad to hear that at least like it's a it's a cool dude who helped you like grow as an artist and also was like, yeah, I'll, I'll work with you like I'll work with anybody like it's just cool to be working with artists. So that's that's actually really good to hear about about Matt Squire. Yeah, that's that. That's something I I do notice. Um, uh, there's a bunch. I mean, obviously, producer. There's going to be producers no matter what that they don't want to work on something if it'll like just make them look bad. I guess. Mm -hmm. Which was the situation for me. Not not. Um, like from from my experience, the first songs I like ever wrote that never got recorded when I first decided to make music were like. <laughs> really bad <laughs> really really 
really bad. <laughs> and they didn't see the light of day. And I got turned like in that, in that instance, I can understand. Cause these weren't even like big name producers that I reached out to at first. Um, but there is, there is that like mentality amongst some of them, uh, to, I guess, cause you, you can be a celebrity being a producer. Like you have Dr. Dre. I mean, that, that's mm-hmm. such a, that's such a bland example because that's like the first name that pops up when you type producer, but <laughs> right. But no, there's a bunch out there that, especially when you're a musician, like you kind of know everybody. Um, but yeah, but it, it's also cool that now in today's environment, that since most of uh, the equipment is good enough that you can afford it yourself, for the most part, things are still very expensive. Um, you're seeing a lot more people self-produce themselves. Like when Post Malone mm-hmm. first started, Watt Iverson, he produced himself, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Uh, 21 Pilots, which gets a lot of hate, but people don't realize that Tyler Joseph produced that entire last album oh, yeah. in his house. And the yeah. first two albums he ever made were done by him. Yeah, dude puts in the work. I never understood the 21 Pilots hate. I saw a tweet about it recently and they were like, oh, are we just all adults now? We're going to admit that they were never a bad band. I'm like, who said that they were a bad band? They're always a good band. It's because, like, uh, I mean, there's there's always going to be this, too, because pe- people thought that, like, uh, I mean, I, I was in high school when, like, 21 Pilots were really taken over, and you kind of got lumped in with the whole emo subculture where people would make fun of, like, oh, yeah, look, it's the emo kid, huh? Look at that. Oh, they think this is good music. And once that like ball starts, it's like you just get your head run over every time you bring them up. Plus, with like anything that gets huge like that, there's always gonna be that backlash from the oh, this isn't rock and roll crowd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I saw, I saw a tweet that was like someone making fun of a radio station, like, "Oh yeah, we're bringing you the hardest killer tracks, like the." heaviest metal you ever heard and they go on to play imagine dragons and 21 pilots and it's like dude 21 pilots never said they wanted to be rock they never said they were a rock band i don't even know Mm -hmm. what they said i don't even know what they say they are i don't know what they would classify themselves as and that's what's awesome about them yeah they've always been like glad you like our weird music Yeah, they're probably like, hey, thanks. I mean, I saw them. We saw them at Lollapalooza last year. And like, that's rad. Lizzie yeah, just that was cried really on my shoulder cool. the whole time. I'm so sorry. No, I <laughs> cried on your like stomach yeah. chest because you're so tall and I'm so <laughs> short. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? Why are you crying to car radio right now? Oh, God. Why doesn't any everyone cry to car radio, first of all? <laughs> well, I couldn't. I had to console everybody around me. It was just a cry. It was a cry pit at the 21 Pilots concert. <laughs> Yeah, I got to see them at Newport Music Hall in Columbus, Ohio, when they were like doing uh, the tour to Columbus. So it was like a very oh, wow. small, intimate show. My and I got to hold went... up Josh Dunn, and it was pretty Dude, dope. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. My friend went to then. She was telling me all the people she saw like pass out and like had to go like get taken to the hospital and like the, the chaos that happened there. Yeah, the line <laughs> to get into Newport Music Hall was absurd because every like when you have such a small venue, and that many people, like every single, like that's all the hardcore fans going to that. So mm-hmm. everybody was lined up from like noon until the day, like the show started. But those dudes are the coolest dudes ever because they, um, 
brought a lot of Red Bull and Chipotle. Like they bought, there was a Chipotle right next to it and they had someone go out and buy like 900 burritos and like oh a couple God. thousand Red Bulls just handed them out. That's the dream. Yeah, that's the <laughs> that's dream. That's my personal dream. <laughs> yeah, like staff came up and they're like, here, here's some Red Bulls. And I'm like, that's pretty dope, I that's guess. Like, let's go. And then I got dehydrated in the middle of the concert and my entire body like cramped and it was very painful. But I'm like, Ooh. that Red Bull was still worth it, though. Yeah. And that hot sun. <laughs> so I do want to go back to how you like we were saying, like 21 Pilots never really defined themselves as a genre. And I know when I was Googling uh, Ghost Club, it kind of came up that you guys were alt pop. But then it also I saw a interview you did at like two years ago with the eerie re reader that you say that you never really were in like the local music scene and you don't want to have like an allegiance to either or do you still feel like if you were to join some type of local scene that's in your area or if you had to define yourself now as an artist like really definitively for whatever the reason how would you do that or do you or where would you just be kind of free form with it I'm kind of on the free form thing because like I I'm, I still kind of live by that um cuz and this isn't me talking down about it but I I noticed that with the local scene like for example the DIY scene in Pittsburgh is like what it like what Pittsburgh is kind of about now and a lot of those people grew up around that and were kind of raised by that and I wasn't so it's like I don't have that mentality for it like okay i just i'm here to make diy music i just kind of am trying to make i, I that's that's the hardest thing is to classify what i want to make mm. it's because today everybody is it, like before there were some bands that were they, they would say were eclectic but right now so many people in the music industry are just straight up all over the place and that's kind of where uh the landscape is shifting um like 40 years ago, like a band would usually just kind of stick to the same sound and you would kind of grow to expect that. But it, and it's, it's not even that I think that that is flawed or not. It's just that I just don't know what I really feel a lot of the time. And I jump around from listening from one genre to another because I kind of feel like that's how a lot of people are. Because even the people that are in those scenes, they listen to more things than just DIY. But that's just how the local scene is. Um, and God bless that, because that's such a cool mentality. And I wish that like my brain worked that way. But I'm just kind of <laughs> dumb. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just not going to be decisive about what I want to do. I'm just going to throw things at the wall and maybe something will stick and maybe something won't. I don't know. I'm not yeah. too wise of, of a person. So I'm sorry about that. That's <laughs> I think it's, I think that's kind of good though, to just go away from it because I know at least with the discourse on like Twitter with like DIY across the board, it's such a hot mess. So you're not missing anything. <laughs> great. <laughs> There's some really great bands that come out of DIY, obviously, but like the culture of it seems like so much more discourse than what it's like worth for you to put in. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't imagine that there's any reason to like define 
anything right now. Like I, saying right now is just a like loaded term because I don't necessarily mean like right now in a pandemic. I mean like right now in general, like in the music industry, even before we all uh, couldn't tour and go outside and couldn't see a person and we'll never shake another hand again in our entire lives. <laughs> uh, but like I, I, I was seeing it as kind of like a shift of like, you don't really need to define any part of your, music like you like you said with having the the fact that you can produce something in your bedroom with having the fact that you you have all of the equipment presented to you right in front of you in a in a in any place like you can just do whatever you want and you can put it out for the people who will listen to it and there are people that will enjoy uh whatever you do um johnny in the chat mentioned people will find what they like from you and pass it on and i'm like yeah that's pretty much it like do what do what you're feeling so I do think that's a wise decision, whether it's a, a decision that you're making like on purpose or it's just, I mean, it's just how it is. It's just how it is. It, it also probably stems from the fact that I'm just kind of alone in this too. Mm. And when you're in the scene and you have a band, that's a bunch of different, uh, ideas kind of all forming into one. And it, it's very difficult to, when you're in those environments, when you're one thing to say, Hey guys, maybe we should just kind of completely turn this all on its head and not do this instead, mm -hmm. because you have the pressure from the bandmates. You, and then, then you got to think about, Oh, well, what would the scene think about it? Cause like, that's not punk. If you're like in a punk <laughs> scene, that's what I'm referring to that. But of course, <laughs> fuck the scene, man. <laughs> It's not, no, I love the scene. It's just, Seems I don't. Fuck the scene. <laughs> it's, just, it's just tough. Like, no one wants to make music anymore now, yeah. especially now. I've seen so many people's dreams just get Thanos snapped out of existence. <laughs> that is very exactly what happened. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I think, I think that people like, uh, saying, you know, that you're in it on your own. I'm like, that's, that's honestly like the best way to do it. And probably I think a lot more people would have a much easier time making their dreams happen if they just put the effort in by themselves. I'm saying this both about how good you've done and how terrible I've done in my life where it's like, oh my God. yeah, dude, like you could have written music and I'm like, haha, cool. Well, I started a podcast. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like having all those other people, having all of these these different mindsets and these different uh, opinions of it. I'm like, yeah, it must be much easier when you're just able to create on your own and create what you want to create without uh, having to really second guess yourself or have somebody else second guess you, I suppose. Yeah. And no, don't, don't you better get that negative self-talk out of here, my friend. You're <laughs> nothing wrong with podcasting. Podcasts are awesome. I know. I, I am very self-deprecating humor about it, but I'm like, I, I, I've talked about how, you know, 2020, I'm going to, I'm going to do music again. I'm going to make, I'm going to put out some music in 2020. And I'm like, how did September become next week? Fuck. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I am self-deprecating, but I'm also like, eventually, you know, when we can, I'll get around to it and it'll be, it'll be what I need it to be because it'll be for my, for myself in that way. So. If it makes you feel any better knowing that you're like not alone in that, that's literally how I was and every other person I know that does music was as well. It's like like March was here and it's like, hell yeah, we got um, many months ahead of us of doing nothing. <laughs> We're going to make music. It's going to be great. Yeah. Hey, shit, it's September now and I haven't <laughs> done anything. No. 
there's an Instagram profile, band meme 666, and they oh are constantly making that joke about how it's like, yeah, all this music we're going to put out, we're just going to sit in the studio. And they're like, I haven't done anything with my life at all. Music or like eating or like getting dressed. Like I haven't done any of it. And I'm like, every time I see one of the memes, I'm like, yeah, man, you did. You did post it on the Internet that you were going to make music this year. So you've only got like three or four months left. Oh, God. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, we also got to like challenge our negative thoughts, too, because I'm sure that we all have been more productive than we thought because it wasn't mm. until i like compiled all the ideas i had that i was like okay i'm not doing as bad as i thought i was i could obviously can be doing better but um i feel like the one way to remedy that too is to not freak out about it as much as as, as easy as that is to say instead of doing because like here's the thing if i don't want to work on something me like if i want to relax I need to take that time to relax and not be like, fuck, I'm wasting my time doing this. Because then <laughs> right. I'm not relaxing. Now I'm freaking out. And now I want to relax even more because I didn't get to relax then. And that like snowballs it for me. So you, you just got to like be like, all right, cool. I'm procrastinating right now. What of it? Yeah. And just own it. It's recovery I mean, time. It's like when you go to the gym, which, you know, I also haven't done uh, <laughs> or worked out. It's like you, well, you it's not safe, I guess. Right, right. But like you have to you have to recover. It's part of the process of working out. You don't improve without that recovery time to like sit and process what you've gone through, process what you've done and then like get yourself ready to do it again and get yourself back to that position. So recovery time is absolutely part of the process and that time to think about it and that time to, to, to get prepared to do it again is also part of it. Yeah. I mean, it's also tough because a lot of people, uh, worry about their age too. And like, I'm one yes, of those people too. I'm like, don't just honestly, like, I know it's easy to say, just don't worry about it. But like, do you know, I don't know how, but they found me is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Alan yeah. is like, I'm pretty sure he's almost 40. And yeah, I mean, whenever they're like, hey, here's a photo of me and my kids. I'm like, oh, OK, so they're what are you they're, saying? they're older, they're <laughs> in age. And that band literally came from like anonymity and they didn't want people to know who they were. So, I mean, it's it's like just never like if you want to do something, don't worry, just just do it, man. Yeah, I'm worried about my age, but that's a whole different <laughs> thing. Oh, my God, Brian. <laughs> We're also wearing the same. I just noticed we're wearing the same Corsair headset, except Hell yeah. your dog didn't eat your uh, pop filter. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> Hell yeah! I have two for each of my computers. Uh, this is my wired one, so I can't r get up and run around. Yeah, I need I need to get a wireless one because mine just keeps pu pulling it out by the wire and running with it. And keeps <laughs> ripping the pads off of it because yep. they can pull it off easily. It's a good headset, though. It sounds really good. <laughs> pretty nifty like everything on my computer's corsair like I, I don't know why i just like saw okay my headset's corsair my keyboard's corsair why don't we just do everything else that way because my brain that is flawed and hey, likes that hey, yeah. Cor hey corsair if you're listening to this podcast sponsor Dude, please sponsor me <laughs> even though i already have i have a keyboard mouse mouse pad i built my pc corsair, with like it's, all it's corsair stuff. stuff i just want more stuff corsair yeah, intel or amd uh, that's actually a good question. Cause I bought it for my friend. I think it's AMD. Uh, okay. so I, I couldn't tell you right now. I'd have to look that up, but I think it's AMD. Okay. 
I may be making that up. It might be Intel. No, I think it's Intel. No, it's Shit. cool, dog. It's cool. <laughs> Shit. Listen. Whatever floats. If it gets the job done, it gets the job yeah. done. Exactly. Exactly. It's It's been a weird 2020 where I've decided, like, maybe I'm just going to move over to PC instead of all of the Mac computers I've had for 20 years. It's like, great. Totally. Shit. Uh, what am I doing? What has this life become? <laughs> yeah, I- I have a PC that I like play games on because that's the only thing I kind of do in my free time when I'm not doing music. But everyone else, I'm I was pressured into the whole Mac thing, mm-hmm. so I have like a MacBook on my desk that I make music on. But mm-hmm. oh my god, once once a Mac reaches that age where the hard drive just kind of slows down and files don't transfer over as quickly, mm-hmm. oh <laughs> man, it's a is big it, issue. It's a big issue. Like, it takes minutes to open up a logic file sometimes, and I'm just like, please, God, kill me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I've become, like, aware that there is an upper limit of what you can do, and unfortunately, a lot of it is Apple-based software. And I'm like, what are you, come on, man. Like, I've been I've been a loyal fan for this long, and you're going to do I've me like this? I've been telling you, PC, not Apple, ride or die. <laughs> I'm learning. It is good for music. I'm giving that the credit. Like it is a very good music uh, production unit. I've run Ableton on it for many years. I have an old one that's like from 2008 that still runs Ableton just fine. So like I'm still doing the work that I need to get done. But I'm like, all right, I can't stream on it. I can't do any of this other shit. So PC is looking like the way to go right now. I'm not happy about it. crazy thing um when i worked with matt squire he just was using his macbook that he had from 2009 and he didn't even use a mouse he just straight up used the mouse pad and was that quick and efficient with a mouse pad and he didn't even hook it up to a monitor either he just set his laptop down and he's like i'm good at this that's insane that macbook (laughs) which was was 10 years old and he was just like you know what it works wow that's, that's a insane. lot of confidence <laughs> big time yeah we did we'd have a couple it became like a running joke to say oh i don't want to swear but he used to say of pro tools because that would crash a lot i've only the heard computer was old but every producer i've worked with like yeah, that, yeah that's we hate the Pro Tools. <laughs> I, I found out I had to learn Pro Tools, so when I started working with it, I'm like, I understand why everyone, everyone, <laughs> everyone hates it. Hates this stuff, this software. <laughs> Pro Tools is like trying to play pool with a rope. Like you can do it, <laughs> but it's not fun. I want to shout out Johnny in the chat uh, who has to leave, but uh, he's gonna add. Peace out, buddy. It's going to add a billion streams to Same Graves, which we should talk a little bit about Same Graves as well because. Like we said at the beginning, we really like the song. <laughs> we really yeah, do really appreciate that. Do like it? I when I saw the music video, I was like, "This is really cute." It kind of gave me like Emily the Strange vibes. Like okay. that was like, my first thought about it because I mean I read it when I was growing up, and I'm like, "This is what it looks like," but obviously that probably isn't like what you were going for exactly. <laughs> yeah, I I sent the person who animated it. Uh, just random old rubber hose animation clips. And I'm like, can we do this, please? <laughs> <laughs> and I got to give it to him because um, he, he asked if he could just like kind of do everything himself and direct everything. And I'm like, you know what? It would really be cool to not have to control everything for once. 
and yeah, yeah. come up with something. So I kind of just let him do his own thing. And I really enjoyed what he created debating on doing it again, but like with me directing this time and then we can see what will happen, but we'll, we'll see what's going on with that. Yeah. But I appreciate that though. Uh, it's doing the best out of everything so far and people seem to like this one the best. Um, but what was the, uh, anim- did the animation come out of, coronavirus or was that something you guys had already pre-planned to do for this uh, as soon as i got the like i i was deciding that when i was making the song with eric palmquist the producer i was like all right one of these songs we're working on needs to have like one of these videos that can do something more than just be a video and i decided all right well uh, it would be easy to promote an animated music video because uh animation is very appealing to the eyes and it's cost effective because uh, i tried doing live music videos and they just it, i'm not that cool that like <laughs> my seeing me on a camera is going to be like someone's going to be like oh wow i got to listen to this music now but like animation has a higher chance of that so i hmm looked through Instagram. I literally typed in hashtag animation and I went through a bunch of people until I came across Federico Brisson and uh, he wanted to direct it and do it. And he thought it was a really cool idea. And that was in September of last year, finished it towards the early ish parts of coronavirus. Well, no, it was like, I think April because people had it that was, that were working on it. So I think it got done around May, maybe. Okay. Um, but it was just, uh, waiting to get everything all compiled. And then we were going to pitch to record labels and see if they wanted it. And they didn't. And then we took, I was advised to give 12 weeks to promote it, which was a lot of time, which could have been out sooner, but here we are now. Mm. <laughs> and it is here. <laughs> well, how did you come up with like the premise of the song? Because I mean, listening to it, you kind of talk more about, like in like the main chorus part, it's like social status just won't change because we're all in the same grave. And I think like right now, especially with how the world is in complete fucking shambles, um, <laughs> it kind of resonates a lot. Where did you kind of pull that inspiration from? Um, bu- 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 bu. Okay, back to that writing point. Um, it's, it's, it's very weird how the song came about because uh, it, it was one of those super last minute things. Uh, like I, I was deciding to work with Eric Palmquist last year. We were going to fly out to Los Angeles and stay there for a month. And I wanted to get a good bass to track with. Uh, and I wanted to go with like a vintage sound. So I ordered like a Hofner bass and it didn't, it wasn't coming in and I would keep calling back and they'd say, Oh yeah, we're waiting for more to get shipped in. And then like two days before I was supposed to go out, they say, oh, Hoffner just went out of business. They're not making any more bases. We're sorry. We can't send you a base now. <laughs> so I just had to like pick one random one off the store they had to get. And they got it there the day like we were packing up. And I was like packing and I couldn't resist. I like put a strap on and walked around with it. <laughs> and I was just like, playing random stuff on the first couple frets because I'm not really that good at bass. And I like, I think I was trying to play Field Good Ink and I messed it up and I did that on the bass. And I thought, okay, that's cool. I got to record that literally right now, even though I'm packing. And it became <laughs> like I was packing, do a little bit to the song, packing a little bit to the song. 
And I wrote that by like kind of scat auto tune. Like if you ever watch the Eric Andre show, you ever see scat auto tune where he like beatboxes but with auto tune. I just kind of did that, like said random gibberish in auto tune to that key to like make up a melody. And I went like ba 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 da da ba da ba da ba da ba ba da ba ba. And I threw in random words and I didn't even conceptualize that. I just said like social status just won't change the fact we all share the same grave. And I'm like, that's a cool premise. I believe in that, which is important. Mm. Let's try to write something to that. And um, a lot of it was like a group think too with Eric Palmquist in the studio too. He It was really cool working with that guy because he really honed in on my songwriting and kind of was like a therapist to me almost. And we slowly like built up the song like around that idea. And I haven't thought about what I was thinking at that time in a very long time. Let me pull up the lyric sheet real quick that we used because we also wrote everything down while we were doing it. Um, I was feeling very, very like nihilistic at the end of last year, but that's like super amplified now and it kind of means <laughs> a little bit different things now. Yeah. <laughs> There's a... Yeah, all right. So when the world comes in views, so you're on and alone, blah, 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 blah. Uh, getting sick and tired of casing up for the sake of mitigating risk. Um, with that, I felt like a, in life, a lot of people just kind of, when I said getting sick of kissing up for the sake of mitigating risk, everyone just tries to keep like their feet clean, like no matter what. And people would rather like be fake with you just so like there's no conflict rather than just like being straight up and telling you something because that that was something that i was dealing with at the time is uh like people just wouldn't be honest with me uh i, I just didn't like that atmosphere because like people it, it's i'd rather have someone tell me something that hurts my feelings than someone that like tells me something that sounds good but really isn't true totally get that you want them to like be confrontational and just get it out of the way so you don't waste more time and cause more you know bullshit to come up that doesn't need to be there and i also dealt with like like just dumb petty drama last year through twitter over like dumb stuff that i didn't even really do with like people I, like someone I was making music with before. I'm not, I'm not like going to get into names and stuff, but it, it was more of just me like being salty at, uh, I guess just the scene, like people just in the scene. Oof. I'm not, I'm not getting, I'm not getting into that can of worms, but it, it was <laughs> personal. Fair, <laughs> like I just had to like, just be diplomatic. It's e It's easier. I, I guess what I'm trying to say, it's, it's easier to, just act on that impulse of if you really just don't like someone to say something about them and talk badly about them. Like that's just a human feeling is to just speak about things you don't like, but that's tiring in a sense. Cause like so you just sometimes wish you could say um, what you're feeling, but you just gotta not do that. <laughs> <laughs> It, it makes sense in my brain. It's really hard to um, express beyond those words. Um, 
and then I try to please them and appease them being someone I don't know. They're just believing what they're seeing on the screens of their telephones. That was a line written because people accused me of being like rip off Brendan Urie, which I mean, like, I guess that's true. Not an insult either. Like, yeah, I don't think that that's an insult in any way. I know when I was also on Reddit, because that seemed to be the mainstay of where I was finding a lot more like research on you. People were like, this dude looks and sounds like Brendan Urie. And I was like listening to more of your other music you had put out. And I'm like, this is what I think Panic at the Disco or Brendan Urie, the solo artist, would have done if after fever he just went and did his own thing or if they went into like that early direction of like more poppy tunes like they have now hmm. so i don't think I really it's an insult because i mean i also when i first heard your voice it, it reminded me more of like will gold from creeper too and i know a lot of people don't vibe with that heavier type of voice but i feel like you kind of blended in really well with the style that you do so when I was seeing people like getting mad or like saying it and it, it was kind of split, like split with people, I was like, I don't know. Isn't that what a lot of, a lot of people still want? They're like, I want old panic back or like, I want like a different <laughs> Brendan Urie that isn't like mainstream poppy. I'm like, isn't that what you wanted? <laughs> <laughs> this is what you wanted. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a, it was a cool thing at first and then it just kind of, well, I, I brought it on myself, I guess. Um, but yeah, but the, when I like came down to it, I was like, okay, I'm really not that. And that's just what they think of it. But um, it, 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 it's, it's like almost embarrassing admitting it publicly, but like, that's like a lot of what this song is about is like me being mad at that circumstance almost. Hmm. Um, and the whole thing that is social media like social media is cool but man are there downsides to it oh yeah yes like this stuff changes (laughs) people's lives significantly (laughs) and i've i've had people that i thought were really cool but then they get like a little taste of what social media can do and then it's just like it, it can change people it can definitely grow more people's egos and like completely diminish and extinguish them the next day. God forbid you say something wrong. It is like the worst form of like, I hate to say it, but someone gaslighting in a sense, depending on who you're talking to, obviously Mm. it can be used for great things. Like it can be used for news updates and everything, but more often than not, especially if you're in some type of like subculture or like scene, you just see it more often just being like, this is my clubhouse and this is how I want it to be run. But then that's you plus like hundreds of other people, if not thousands of other people. And obviously it's not going to go well for most of those people. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just tough. It's tough because uh, I mean, like there's some people that like view what I'm doing is very much more significant than it really is. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm a person at the end of the day and I'm not, I'm still an independent artist, but you'd be surprised like how some people just like try to leech up to something. If they think there's even like a little sliver of something in it for them in the slightest, which was what I was referring to like earlier on. And it's just, it's just weird. Um, 
and I, I grew out of social media last year, like while I was writing this and I stopped just posting, I stopped kind of caring about it. Um, and like, that's what I speak about in the chorus. Like what's beyond control makes you miserable. I can't control, uh, how people perceive things. Like I can't control the fact that people think, and that's such a, that's such a lame problem to complain about. Like, Oh, I can't help the people think that I'm just a knockoff of somebody but it's out of my control and that will make me miserable. That, that was the whole point of that line. Um, and it, eventually I just said, fuck it. I'm going to die someday. It's not going to, that's not really going to matter in the end. And it's not going to matter if like, say I became the world's most notorious human. I was trying to find a word, but that, that wasn't famous. Um, like if I, if I became like the world's most famous person, like in the end, it's not going to matter. So like, if you're not doing this for something that like truly fulfills you, then why are you doing it? Dom, thanks for talking to us uh, today. It's been great. Can you, uh, can you let us know where to find you? Can you let the people know where they can, can follow you, where they can listen to your music and all that? Um, all right. Uh, you can find on Instagram and Facebook the pages at the Ghost Club Official for both of those. Um, Twitter is at the Ghost Club Us because the Ghost Club is taken. Uh, Spotify is. I want to change that too because it's always been us, but people think it's US, and I'm just like, I got to get that out of here. Now. <laughs> yeah. And change it to like at least PA or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Spotify is just the ghost club. There's a picture of me on the thing, and I'm pretty sure we're the only ghost club. That's uh, good. And YouTube is the ghost club. It's just all the ghost club. Uh, and my personal, I guess, is linked to all of them. I, I don't know. I'm not that cool. You probably don't want to see what I'm <laughs> posting there. But I just wanted to say thank you a bunch. It, it's really cool to do a podcast, considering I've never done that. Um. I'm always weird about talking and this hour went super quickly and I'm really sorry <laughs> if I talked like way, way too much as I'm still doing right now, but no, I want to, like, thank you for that opportunity. guys. <laughs> yeah, no, for that's, sure. what, that's what a podcast and an interview is for. So, you know, you always want the other person to talk more. So you did great. <laughs> yeah. We, we want to know about you or, uh, and people are coming here to listen to you, not to listen to us. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, you, you keep saying stuff. They'll stay if you stay stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. Sometimes if, uh, if anybody is sticking around for the chat, uh, after we record the podcast, we'll hang out and we'll answer some questions from the chat. Talk a little bit more if there's anybody there. Uh, so stick around for that. But otherwise, Dom, thank you for hanging out with us. Thanks for talking to us. And uh, yeah, go listen to the fucking song. It's really good. Yeah, it's nope. really good. Thank you so much. That was our chat with Dom in the Ghost Club. Was he's laughing at me because I took I said that so energetically and enthusiastically. Without saying an um, I'm really proud of you. Didn't You're really um developing. It. I am. I am developing. I cut out my ums. Uh, thanks for checking out this episode. Thank you to Dom for being on it. Super nice conversation. Super nice guy. Really inspiring for someone so young to be doing so much hard work and really working on his craft. I can appreciate that. So, yeah, we will be back next week, 7.30 p.m., emosocialclub.tv. 
And from all of us here at the Emo Social Club, I am Brian. And I'm Lizzie. And thanks again. We'll see you next week. And goodbye. Swint is calling me right now. Wait me. Um, <laughs> hold on a second. Hello. Hey, are you on the stream right now? Uh, yes, I am on the stream right now. <laughs> hi, hi, Nina. Hey, 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 five Nina, times that I haven't seen you. Goodbye. No, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> hi, Nina. It's all good. Thank you. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, Nina. She oh, did wow. not think I was on. <laughs> oh, he, he is very much on.